Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to take you inside the making of TT's 2022 Top 100 Private Carriers list, which we just published on August 29th, both in print and online at ttnews.com. This was the third of our four annual Top 100 and Top 50 lists at Transport Topics. To produce this most recent list, we compiled data on the largest private motor carriers in North America to produce an annual Top 100 ranking based on tractor count. The publication also includes updated information on each company's revenue, trailers and straight trucks, business units, and company descriptions. In addition to the main Top 100 list, we also produced separate sector rankings that list the largest private fleets operating in various industries, such as food service, beverage, retail, construction, and the energy sector, and many more. If you haven't already done so, you can get exclusive access to the complete version of our Top 100 Private Carriers Report by subscribing to Transport Topics at ttn.ws forward slash ttsubscribe. And of course, don't forget to check out a fresh episode of Road Signs every other Thursday. And now, to discuss how we assembled this year's Top 100 Private Carriers list, I'm going to bring in my colleague at TT and Road Science co-host, Features Editor Michael Fries. Thanks for joining us, Mike. No problem, Seth. You know, it's so nice. You host Road Science sometime, and I host sometime, and I'm glad uh, that there are opportunities like this that we can we can do it together. So I'm, I'm ready to start. Yeah, and actually, it's a, you know, I always find this fun to, to sit in the guest chair once in a while myself. So uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, of course, thanks for your help in, in pulling together this year's Top 100. Um, and so just to get things started, I'd like to begin by walking our listeners through the process of assembling the top 100 and the sector list. So, you know, of course, we start with carrier surveys that we share with private fleet operators. Uh, we're asking them for updated information on their uh, equipment counts and other information on those companies. Uh, we also pull data from public sources, such as financial reports filed with the SEC, as well as carrier registration data filed with FMCSA. And on top of that, of course, there's always a bunch of calls and emails back and forth to verify and update this information and make sure we have the, uh, the most accurate and up-to-date uh, data to pre- present in this publication. Uh, now, Mike, this was your first year really rolling up your sleeves and, and diving into this particular project. Uh, so I'm curious to hear from you, you know, what were your takeaways from uh, compiling this information and also your thoughts as you reflect on the final product. Well, there are two things, actually, Seth. Uh, one, uh, it was kind of nostalgic for me just when I had first started covering logistics back in the days when LeBron James was just a freshman at St. Vincent, St. Mary in Akron, Ohio. <laughs> he, I, uh, I worked at uh, Pitton Media, and my editor at the time, Perry Trunick, uh, gave me one of the first assignments, was, was, uh, which was compiling a top 100 uh, logistics uh, company list. So... It was, uh, and at that time there was no internet. Well, there was internet, but it it wasn't as uh, informative and uh, 
resourceful as it is today, but uh, it was basically just taking, um, you, as you were mentioning, uh, you know, in the latter part of your introduction, where you know you're going, you're, you're calling, <laughs> you're calling companies and going back and forth in voicemail. That that was sort of the norm then, and and also uh, you know getting the the big book of the Standard and Poor's, the S and P five hundred, and looking for trucking companies <laughs> to to tally up. Um, you know, the revenue and in, in, in the trucks and, and whatnot. You know, I know this is different for it being the top private 100, but um, it, it just brings back memories of uh, just learning the industry. And, and, and that's and that's coming to the second point as well. And just uh, learning the industry where, you know, in, in doing this, uh, you know, we always hear and we say ourselves that, you know, if you want to know where the country is going, you know, economically, just look at the you know the the trucking sector and and where that is going and just the economies and how how who's winning and who's losing per se. So uh, in in compiling this list and and working with you on this and and just going into the depth into these companies that have these private fleets, it gives uh, you know it definitely gives me and hopefully the the reader a synopsis of where our country is going. You know what industries are you know thriving and which ones are, you know, uh, just simmering and, and which ones are, you know, at a slight decline. So um, going through that list, it's just nice to see, uh, you know, that that snapshot of, of, of North American business. So th those are things that I get that I get from that, you know, and it's fun kind of getting into the weeds and and, and rolling up your sleeves and, and projects such as these. Yeah, lots of data to work with, lots of information uh, is definitely kind of the uh, maybe the grunt work of what we do at Transport Topics at times, you know, getting all this information put together. But, uh, you know, I think that your, you know, your conversation and in, in your how you described working on this project also reflects the nature of the project. It's not just a list. It's not just data. You know, we also are taking a, a bigger picture look at the industry. How is the industry doing? Uh, what are the key trends that are uh, really uh, defining, you know, the current direction of the transportation industry? Uh, you can almost think of it as, uh, you know, trucking's yearbook, or at least, uh, you know, yearbook in this case for uh, private fleet operators. Uh, you know, we, we really have a chance to do a deep dive into uh, those key topics and, and examine, you know, what are the, the key issues that leadership at private fleets are, are dealing with these days. Uh, that being said, of course, the, the uh, calling card is the list itself. Um, so without any further delay, I, I'll go ahead and get get started with the rankings uh we'll start right at the top uh so no surprise to you know i think anybody who has followed this list over the years uh pepsico inc of course huge beverage and snack food distributor um is still number one on our list uh they, they grew their tractor count to north of eleven thousand power units uh, it's up a little bit from a year ago and uh right behind them is walmart um again no big surprise walmart did actually move up uh, one spot to number two, uh, currently operating a fleet of 9,280 tractors. So, um, you know, massive, massive shipper, of course, uh, so many for hire trucking companies move freight for Walmart and they also have their own, uh, massive fleet to handle a very large, uh, portion of their, uh, you know, enormous freight demand is for in, in freight transportation needs. Uh, and then as you look at the rest of the top five, um, the rest of the top five are food, are food service distributors. Uh, so you have uh, Cisco Corporation, U.S. Foods, and Performance Food Group are numbers three, four, and five, respectively. And uh, before I go any further, I also want to bring up Amazon. Uh, always a lot of interest in um, you know, the world's largest um, 
e-commerce platform and uh, what they're doing in their own you know, in-house transportation business. Um, so they are also on the list. They're up to number 19 this year. Uh, that's up from 22 uh, in last year's publication. You know, the company's uh, tractor count is up to 1,645, uh, up uh, 250 from a year ago. Uh, that being said, I think it's important to you know kind of keep in, in context and remember that uh, that's a very, you know, power units, you know, in, in particular, Class 8 tractors are a, a small component of Amazon's equipment, you know, fleet of equipment. You know, they have 37,000 trailers, for example, and, uh, and 12,000 straight trucks, you know, according to carrier registration data filed with uh, FMCSA. Uh, so they're still heavily, heavily dependent on four hire trucking companies to, to move their freight, um, you know, with that many trailers. Uh, that being said, you know, they have a pretty significant uh, uh, number of, of power units, um, you know, as well. So, Mike, uh, at this point, I want to kind of just turn it over to you. Um, you know, what companies or ranking changes stood out to you as year, this year as you worked on the project and as you look back at the rankings? Well, you know, if if the, the top private 100, I mean, I'm sorry, top 100 private carriers was a movie, it would probably be called The Rise of Food Service. I, as you were just saying, the, the, the top of the list, um, you know, you have Pepsi, of course. And, and then even with uh, Walmart, which, you know, arguably is the, you know, the largest grocer that we have in this country. So uh, they, and then you, you top that with, you know, the, the top five that you just mentioned, you know, Cisco, U.S. Foods and Performance Food Group. That just describes a, a, a larger trend that's even um, going down that list. When you look at Kroger, um, uh, Wayne, Wayne Sanderson's Farms, uh, you know, J.R. Simplot, and also, uh, you know, HB, uh, HEB Grocery and, and CNS Whole Food Groceries, those companies had you know, big jumps, you know, like Kroger, for instance, it was, um, was 40 last year. Now it's 25. Um, you have, uh, and, and even, you know, the, 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 the one thing uh, about that is it's just so peripheral how uh, the, the other industries are that, that service, the food service industries are, are, are growing as well, like bundle uh, distribution, you know, they're, they're, they're a paper mill company, but their customers are at the supermarkets. So, I mean, and, and they, you know, being, uh, um, 86 last year. Now, now there are 42, you know, that, that's, that's a huge jump and a huge growth. And it just uh, tells me that, uh, even, you know, as we, uh, discussed it in, in the pages of, uh, transport topics, where the resurgence of online, uh, online shopping and, and it's, it's much more than, you know, getting that, uh, you know, uh, you know, TV delivered to you. It's, it's, it's gone into, to groceries, especially with last mile. And so that's a reflection. I, I think those companies, uh, those food service companies that, that, that are growing in, in that trailer count, it's just indicative of what's been going on. And, you know, definitely in that last mile space, when it comes to, you know, grocery, I mean, having groceries delivered, I mean, that's a, that's a growing trend. It's going to even grow I mean, even more. So that, I mean, that was the big takeaway of things. It just, um, you know, how food service is, I mean, it, it just really grew <laughs> over this last year in, in trailer count. And it's really, you can really see that in the list when you, when you, you go down and see these companies and just kind of the, the, the rise that they have all undertaken in the, the, the last year. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly a, a very large uh, number of you know the companies on the top 100, uh, again, private carriers, uh, are involved in some form of either food service or grocery or uh, agriculture and food processing, uh, beverage. 
so we do break those down into individual sector rankings, you know, industry rankings, uh, once you get past the top 100, but, you know, all kind of related to the uh, production, um, distribution, uh, and sale of, you know, food products and beverages. That's a, a massive, um, you know, source of the largest private fleet operators uh, in North America. Uh, I'd have to go, you know, uh, through the list, you know, off the top of my head, I'm not sure how many, but I know it's a, a very significant uh, percentage, uh, portion of the top 100 that's involved in some aspect of, you know, food service, agriculture, beverage, uh, or grocery. Um, so whether it's, you know, customer facing at the sales end or right at the beginning of the production end with, uh, on an agriculture and food processing, uh, that's, uh, where many of the largest private fleets are, are most active. Um, so as a, a reminder, uh, to our listeners, you know, as we talk about this top 100 list, uh, you can check it out online at ttnews.com. And uh, to get access to the complete version of the top 100 private carriers report uh, with all the supplemental data that we gather on these companies, uh, you can subscribe to Transport Topics at ttn.ws forward slash TT subscribe. Uh, another topic I want to bring up with you, Mike, is uh, this year's top 100 list really reflects some significant mergers and acquisitions. We see that every year there's always going to be, you know, a, a bit of a shakeup when some of the top 100 level companies are going to merge or going to sell uh, assets. They're going to uh, acquire significant competitors or enter new spaces, uh, you know, adjacent uh, business categories through acquisition. And uh, this year was no exception to that. So I mentioned uh, Performance Food Group, you know, PFG uh, climbed two spots from a year ago. Um, after it completed its acquisition of Cormark uh, back in September, uh, and Cormark is an interesting case. They're a, uh, you know they distribute consumer goods to convenience stores primarily, and you know they were number thirty-two on last year's list uh, before they were acquired, uh, but now they're rolled up into uh, PFG, uh, which moved up uh, two spots on the list, uh, as you know in part because of that acquisition. Uh, another example of the M&A activity we've seen is Wayne Sanderson Farms, which you mentioned earlier, Mike. Uh, they're number uh, 53 on the list. And uh, in a sense, that's a new company. They, they formed in, in July um, you know, through this joint venture of Cargill and Continental Grain Company, uh, you know, which acquired Sanderson Farms, which is on our list last year, but combined that business with Wayne Farms, which is a subsidiary of, of Continental Grain. So a little bit complex there, but um, the uh, the combined company you know, is based in Oakwood, Georgia, and produces poultry products and uh, prepared foods. You know, primarily at plants across the Sun Belt. It's a very large uh, food processing company uh, that's come together through a, a merger. Um, you know, we saw saw just a couple months back, and uh, acquisitions are also continuing to reshape the private fleet operations in the energy sector. And we've seen a lot of that in recent years. Uh, so one of the companies on our list is Profrac Holding Corporation. So they're a you know, provider of you know, fracking services, well completion services, and they debuted on the top 100 this year at number 18 after they acquired oil field services firm FTS International back in March. And FTS was number 34 on last year's list. Uh, so that's a company, that was a top 100 company that was acquired by a, a you know, a company that now is new on the list after that acquisition. Uh, so, you know, Profrac, again, a newer company founded in 2016, 
and they just had an, an IPO in, in May. Uh, so Mike, um, I want to ask you as well, any additional thoughts on how this type of M&A activity is, is changing the, the private fleet landscape? Oh, I mean, it's, it's changing. Uh, I mean, it's changing quite substantially. You know, I mean, what you're just mentioning. Well, I mean, definitely with uh, Wayne Sanderson's. I, I mean, you know, I'm going back to food service again. These companies are figuring out, you know, strategically, you know, that uh, you know, just kind of uh, joining forces with I mean, with other entities that that will help them grow and and and, and actually. Uh, you know, improve their their business scope. I guess the uh, the market share. I, I would say, um, you know, that's um, going to be very helpful, and and that's going to be a trend that's going to continue. I mean, there's, I mean, I, I, I don't think you mentioned it, like with you know Ashley's Furniture. You know, I mean, just the I mean, Ashley Furniture Industries. Uh, you know, their affiliate Ashley Pacific Northwest. Uh, you know, it was it was last year back in uh, uh, November, you know, they, they, they were set to acquire uh, Wilson Logistics. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things uh, where the, the companies that, that are having a chance to, to, uh, to get into those M- uh, M&A ventures, uh, you know, especially, you know, something like with Ashley's Fern- Ashley Furniture, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're getting into that, you know, that, that fleet space where, you know, we're definitely in the time where there's, you know, supply chain um, issues. Um, you know, companies are uh, positioning themselves to uh, better navigate that uh, that that current environment because, uh, you know, through the analysts that, that I've been hearing, you know, this this supply chain problem is going is going to get worse before it gets better. So, um, you know, just having these companies position themselves, you know, to 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 better, uh, you know, navigate that storm or that that the upcoming storm, you know, that they're that that's being forecast is, is a you know is, is a tremendous help. But you know, at, you know, at that and at that same time, you know, you're seeing this on you're seeing that on this list. So the, these companies that are already um, you know, top 100 juggernauts or, or combining forces, you know, so it, it's definitely um, you know, a great way to position and, and I mean, to position themselves for, um, you know, future growth and, and, and future success. But, um, you know, it's a, it's definitely a trend that's going to continue. It's just not for the, the logistics world, but, um, you know, it's, it's definitely ha- happening in the private sector and uh, just kind of with the with the ath- assets involved in, in, in private fleet, you know, it, it, it makes it that much more significant. From time to time, an issue commands so much of the industry's attention that it requires a deeper dive, a resource readers can turn to, a transport topic special report. We're turning our attention to another big issue, electrification and the key factors that will drive this industry trend. In every case, we're working to provide our readers with information, analysis, and clarity on key issues confronting fleets. One comprehensive resource packed with insights that can give you the edge. Transport Topics invites you to learn more about our special reports. To reserve your copy of the latest special report, visit ttn.ws forward slash electrification. Of course, we talk about uh, M&A, but uh, you also have some, you know, some new companies entering the top 100 this year. And sometimes it's a, co- it's a combination of both. You mentioned Profrac, a, a new company, but uh, you know, it really entered the list through acquisition. Uh, but another uh, pretty prominent newcomer this year is Carvana, uh, online used car retailer. You know, they uh, enter the list at number 29. Uh, so this is, of course, a, a young company founded in, in 2012. Uh, and they've really been rapidly scaling up its... Um, you know, auto hauling fleet in recent years to support its e-commerce platform for, for buying and selling cars. 
if you think about it, that's a lot of cars that need to, to move back and forth, uh, you know, to support that. And, you know, the company's been building its own in-house uh, logistics network and, and fleet uh, to, to handle that. Uh, so I had a pretty good conversation, um, you know, with the company uh, a few weeks back and, you know, their uh, rapidly growing fleet now is up to, you know, 1,200 plus tractors. You know, they're hauling vehicles from city to city, um, as well as uh, 2,000 plus straight trucks you know, that provide home delivery of purchased vehicles. And those are probably the ones that you're most likely to see in the commercials or, you know, see in a neighborhood that'll, you know, you know, it's a specialized, you know, uh, straight truck, um, class six vehicle to, to deliver one or even two cars to a, uh, to a site, you know, usually to a customer's driveway. Uh, but there's a, a whole, you know, over the road trucking element to it as well. Um, hauling vehicles from city to city with class A tractors. And, um, you know, that's what, what pertains to our ranking on the top 100. Uh, so other newcomers to the top 100, uh, we have uh, number 75 marathon petroleum company, um, uh, corporation, I should say, a big oil refiner. Uh, you mentioned number eight, J.R. Simplot Company and agribusiness. Uh, number 92, Liquid Environmental Solutions is an interesting case. Um, you know, they uh, collect and recycle and dispose of non-hazardous liquid waste. You know, some of those customers are, you know, restaurants, grocery and convenience stores. Uh, think about, you know, like grease removal. Uh, and they also do some work for like automotive maintenance providers. So, uh, you know, we, we actually do have a sector list or an industry list for, uh, waste management. And they're one of the larger companies on that list. Um, and getting back to food service, can't get away you know, from that for too long. Uh, number 96, uh, this year is Purdue farms enters the list, uh, mostly a, a poultry producer, you know, based in, in Salisbury, Maryland, and also just cracking the top 100, you know, we had a tie at number 99. So we have two number 99s rather than a a number 100 this year, uh, but one of those companies is SRS Distribution, and they're a distributor of uh, roofing materials and, and building products. Uh, so, Mike, I want to turn it back over to you. Uh, your thought on some of the newcomers to the the top 100 this year? Well, yeah, again, you know, we go back to that that list of. I mean, we go back to the movie theme of the rise of the uh, rise of food service. It's it's a uh, it's definitely a uh, you know a reoccurring theme. You know, I think for the tie for 99, I think SR, I mean SRS Distribution and Duncan needs to you know have a play in game so we can find out who who's going to be in that <laughs> a tiebreaker. Okay, the, the, the tiebreaker. So <laughs> so no, but uh, but seriously, the the um. You know that that list. What intrigues me uh, is Carvana. You know, uh, it's the you know the the, the highest, the highest uh, newcomer. You know, the, the the highest premiere in the top one hundred, as they uh, as they would say. And it just reminds me of you know just kind of with uh, Amazon. You know, they you know with you know, the with their private fleet and the and the and their tractor count. I, I believe they 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 got the seventeen when they first when they first popped on to. I think that was maybe last year or or the year before, but. Um, they made it to 17. And um, with, with that, I, 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 I'm really uh, interested in Carvana just for the fact that they were able to uh, uh, latch on to a business model that the traditional uh, car dealers have, have uh, I mean, they're, they're now continuing, I mean, they're now starting to, to get that trend of just online selling, um, you know, cutting out the middleman. Uh, and and it, we're able to make that uh, very uh, very successful. So I mean, th- th- having that particular business model, um, you know, I-, I think you know has allowed them to to, to take 
uh, so much market share to 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 be able to make this list. You know, um, hopefully it's not short lived. Like I said, the traditional car uh, car dealers are sort of catching on to that kind of model where you know you know people are going online looking for cars. I mean, and now you know Carvana has a little bit of competition with those traditional guys as they're you know catching on to that particular business model. But we'll see where that goes from there. But as of right now, they they are definitely in the driver's seat and um you know hopefully they can you know take that uh that that large growth that they have in, in, in trailer count and and further utilize that to to you know re- remain in that particular space and, and be that prominent player when it comes to buying online uh buying buying vehicles online yeah and i was just going to add that uh you know uh in speaking with the company they actually have quite you know they have hundreds more um both uh tractors and uh straight trucks on order uh, you know, we, we do the rankings based on how many uh, tractors are in operation, you know, as we put the uh, publication together. So basically, you know, right now or, you know, a month ago. Uh, so it didn't capture that. But, um, you know, if they end up taking delivery of all the uh, vehicles that they have on order, um, which they expect to do later this year, you know, uh, Carvana could be, you know, even higher on the list next year. Uh, so it's just, it's also quite interesting to see an auto hauler, you know, private fleet auto hauler on the list as well. That's pretty unique yeah. among the top 100. And like you say, uh, you know, a sea of food service distributors and beverage distribu- distributors, you know, a lot of uh, companies in the energy sector, uh, but there's a, a, an auto hauler on, on there as well now. Yeah. I mean, one of the things too, as well, uh, another inter- interesting aspect is sort of, um, a dichotomy, if you will, um, where you, you kind of look at the energy companies, like let's say like energy transfer, for example, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, last year they were 35 on the list. Now they're 58. And there's a lot of uh, energy, uh, energy adjacent companies that are, you know, kind of, kind of have uh, been steady or they're, they're down a few points. And then you have with the newcomers, you, you still have uh, you know, the, uh, you know, just when it comes to even, you know, recycling waste, you know, you have uh, liquid, liquid environment solutions who, you know, who's a newcomer. And, and then you have um, Marathon. That's a, that's a newcomer. And, and you, you have um, a, a sort of um, situation in the energy sector where, you know, you definitely see some losers and, and, and winners in, in that particular space. I mean, so like the energy providers such as Marathon, I mean, they're, I mean, they're in, in that list for the first time. So, I mean, you have, you have that, and then you have the, 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 the energy uh, companies that I had just mentioned who, who have been on the list, you know, they're, they're either, you know, steady or, or um, just in a slight decline or, or, or so. So, I mean, it's very interesting to, to, to see that dynamic. We know that energy companies have been um, the, the uh, well, you can see that in the stock market where, you know, the, the energy prices, uh, you know, energy companies have been um, enjoying, uh, a good spring and summer. I mean, currently right now, you know, prices are pri- uh, prices have been down, um, but uh, you know, the energy sector you know, have, have have been enjoying a first half of of, of twenty twenty two. Uh, we'll see how that 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 curtails at at the end. But uh, but it was an interesting that that was an interesting dynamic that I saw just kind of looking at the list when when it comes to the newcomers. You see that you know it's you know of course food uh, food service and and distribution. I mean, I'm sorry, food service distribution and and and, and energy uh, and environmental energy um, are are making that list of the of the newcomers in there. Where you have this current situation going on with the companies that are uh, currently in the top 100. Sure, and you know, it's a little bit of a segue into um, you know broadening the the conversation out a little bit to 
uh, where we started with, you know, the bigger themes and trends in the industry, you know, that we do try to capture in this project and, and write about in this publication. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned, of course, uh, energy companies have been doing really well. And, yeah, well, we also see <laughs> the uh, diesel prices have been through the roof. Um, they've, they've come back down to earth a little bit, but still, you know, energy, you know, fuel prices have been very high. Um, and that's been one of the challenges that uh, some private carriers have been, you know, have, have had to contend with. And uh, along with other headwinds, you know, like inflationary pressures, of course, um, you know, right now the economic signals are mixed. You know, we've had, uh, you know, two quarters of, uh, you know, negative GDP, uh, also a little bit of a economic uncertainty moving forward, um, you know, especially given uh, inflation. Uh, so the the challenges, the list of challenges is starting to shift a little bit from, you know, all the constant supply chain constraints and disruptions and supply shortages um, that really characterized, say, 2011 and, uh, and even before that. Uh, now, I think that the, you know, the consensus, or at least maybe anecdotally, I hear that, you know, some of those supply chain headaches are not as bad. You know, there's some sign of, of that easing to some extent, but... You know, we have inflation, we've got uh, high fuel prices, we've got economic uncertainty. Uh, and of course, um, through it all, you know, the, the constant uh, push to um, hire and retain drivers. You know, competition was really, really stiff last year. Uh, so hard to, uh, you know, to, to recruit drivers. Uh, so competitive, you know, with so many companies looking to hire drivers and so many other industries looking to hire labor. Um, I, I heard that that's starting to ease as well a little bit this year, which is interesting. Um, but we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more later. But I do want to mention that, you know, despite all the uncertainty and the volatility and, and some of the challenges, uh, a majority, you know, is not not an overwhelming majority, but a majority of the companies that that appear on our top 100 uh, private carriers list uh, were able to expand their fleet operations during the past year. Uh, so in some cases, that's you know minimal, but still um, more expansion than than contraction. Uh, so, Mike, you know, what are your thoughts on you know private fleets' ability to grow? Uh, despite some of the challenges that I just mentioned. Well, I mean, I think you know, in, in this environment, no matter what the environment may be, I mean, if, if there's a, uh, a particular, I want to say contraction, but that's the wrong word. <laughs> but uh, now, when it comes to, I mean, you're saying that, you know, driver shortage, and we'll, we're going to talk about that later, but I mean, you can't uh, escape that particular topic when it, when it comes to that. Uh, and I guess my point being is that these companies are going to find solutions no matter what the business environment is going to be so i mean you have you know supply chain issues uh you know afoot you have the driver shortage you know um you know and those two things um combined you know that creates a perfect storm of you know one problems but also opportunities i mean there's uh you know the, the way we look at the trucking industry uh now from you know versus 20 years ago so it's, it's completely different monster um you know you have uh you know things was um you, you have uh more people getting into the industry not so much as i'm going to you know i'm going to be a driver for sunbelt sunbelt rentals or something like that or you know i'm, I'm going to be uh, well perfect another perfect example amazon um you have um 
you know, people going into the, the, the trucking industry uh, and, and you know, their owner operators, you know, they have a box truck or they have a, a fleet of box trucks and they have Amazon as their only, only customer. Most owner operators are, are, um, are enjoying success and, and, and realizing large profits just from working with, with Amazon. And, you know, that's a whole dynamic. Maybe some people in this industry aren't really talking about there, there's that sort of, I mean, I I, I dare to say subculture where, uh, where you're, you're having drivers or, or aspiring drivers, you know, wanting to do this themselves, you know, versus going to, you know, a a fleet and and things like that. And, 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 that that uh, that um, dynamic kind of works into uh, when you see this list of uh, of um, uh, of the private fleets that are involved. So I mean, it's um, it's definitely um, a uh, you know a, a situation uh, that that's very unique. And 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 seeing that you know you know fleets are still going to need drivers, but it, it seems like the, the the pool that they have tradition traditionally went to. I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's something different to it. I mean, if, if it's there at all. So, I mean, that, that's one of the things that I'm getting um, just kind of uh, when it comes to these private fleets growing, you know, and the, in the definition of the, the, the driver, you know, of that, of that particular, you know, um, you know, you know, driver, you know, having that, you know, that long haul trip and, and uh, you know, spending time away from the family and that dynamic has changed as well. I mean, we'll get into the, the detail of that a little later, but I mean, that, um, you know, those uh, those uh, aspects involved, you know, have really contributed to to these these companies out there that, that are um, utilizing, um, you know, this particular climate to 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 make these changes, to allow themselves to 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 grow these fleets. So to, to something that's that's efficient and, and hopefully sustainable in the future. Transport topics in one word, authoritative knowledge, outstanding. Reliable. We ask Transport Topics readers to describe us in one word. Informative. Informative. Integrity. The Bible. Authoritative. The authority. Transportation information, that's two, but I, I, I gotta have it both. Physically large. Yes. <laughs> well, that's two words. Visit influence.ttnews.com forward slash say hello to find out what they're talking about. Yeah, I think it's you know, interesting the point you bring up on you know, owner operators. You know, in some cases, you know, especially last year with uh, freight demand just really being high and, and freight rates being really strong, spot market you know a, a year ago plus uh, being really strong, uh, deciding to kind of strike out on their own and starting their own companies, you know, small companies, you know, owner operators, small fleets of maybe five, you know, five or fewer trucks. Uh, we did see plenty of examples of that, and I think the question now starts to shift a little bit. Uh, now that the uh, you know the economy and, and freight demand are coming down from 2011's really really strong levels, you know the question moving forward is you know what will it take for some of the smaller operators to succeed in in a more challenging uh, environment moving forward? Uh, you know that could probably be in a whole other podcast that we could get into uh, later this year, but uh, there's certainly a, a lot to talk about in terms of drivers, and let's go ahead and and. Uh, uh, dive into that a little bit more. So for the uh, you know, cover story I wrote for this this report, uh, that ended up being you know, kind of my main focal point. Uh, so, I mean, you look back to last year, look back to 2011, uh, you know, driver recruiting, driver retention, driver turnover rates, you know, the workforce issue for trucking was uh, about as severe as it's ever been. 
And uh, private fleets, you know, much the same as for hire trucking companies, really redoubled their efforts to, to boost driver satisfaction and do what they could to gain an advantage in this really competitive labor market. Uh, so one example I will give is DOT Transportation. You know, it's the, the trucking subsidiary of uh, food service redistributor DOT Foods, which is number 16 on our top 100 list. Uh, so last summer, the company began establishing its own uh, in-house commercial driver license training schools and training programs at its, you know, at its own facilities. So uh, just becoming you know, a CDL school in-house and creating that pipeline. And I, I spoke with uh, Brian Langston, who's the president of DOT Transportation, and he said that was a, just a, a true game changer for the company for you know, their driver numbers. You know, they've been able to uh, expand in, in, in ways that uh, they wouldn't have been able to do if they hadn't been able to strengthen their uh, recruiting efforts, you know, their, their driver pipeline, and reduce turnover. You know, it's not back to where it was before the pandemic, but it's still, you know, he says that it's improved quite a bit since the the early part of this year. Uh, so call it the last six months or so, um, you know, the, the driver situation has improved. Um, and, you know, of course, they're not they're not alone. Lots of other companies are are finding ways to make the job more appealing to uh, to really uh, offer, a, you know, really strong employment opportunity for drivers out there. Uh, and, and that's, you know, now a requirement if you want to have a, you know, steady uh, driver workforce for your fleet, if you want to keep your uh, turnover rates uh, under control, then uh, you have to find ways to, to make the job more appealing, whether that's pay um, or driver lifestyle. And, um, you know, Brian, you know, uh, actually was pretty bullish on the future of the truck driver uh, and the, the truck driving career. Uh, of course, there's a lot of question marks about that. You think about the younger generation, um, you know, oftentimes has not, you know, fully appreciated the opportunities that exist in this industry. But, uh, you know, he said he's optimistic that, you know, with the right approach, with the right culture, um, you know, the, the trucking industry can you know, educate people on, on the opportunities that exist and, and, you know, the success you could have, you know, financially in your life as a, as a truck driver. Um and, you know, part of the, the challenge, you know, that he sees is, uh, you know, carriers are going to have to be flexible and offer a, a you know, he, he described it as a buffet of driver jobs because not everybody wants the same thing. You know, there are, there are drivers who want to focus on pay. They want to maximize their pay in an over-the-road job. Uh, and there are also many and an increasing percentage who would rather have a day job and they return home at night. Uh, so the industry at large is going to have to find ways to to better fit uh, the preferences of the workforce uh, to help mitigate the the workforce challenges that the industry's been dealing with uh, for so long and have actually uh, gotten worse recently. Though uh, there there may have been some improvement on on that front uh, this year. And um, just one other example I wanted to get into was uh, Carvana again. You know, as part of my conversation uh, with them, you know, I, I spoke with Kenny Stimson. He's their uh, head of equipment fl- uh, purchasing and, and fleet management, uh, and he talked about you know how they designed their logistics network, really with driver home time in mind. So the the tractors that the company operates, these are you know nine car haulers, you know auto haulers that move vehicles between cities uh, from market to market. Um, so we use the example of Phoenix and Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, but. 
you know, even though the vehicles move all the way from the city to, to, to the next city, uh, its drivers don't. So this is an interesting uh, relay system where the drivers run halfway and back. You know, they meet in the middle. You have a driver from Phoenix and a driver from Albuquerque, you know, schedule their routes and, and, and time it up. So they meet halfway, find a, find a, a midway point to meet. Um, you know, they inspect each other's vehicles, swap vehicles, right? You know, hand, hand over the keys to each other. And then, you know, just take a different vehicle the rest of the way. Um, and for the drivers, you're just going back home in a different vehicle. But from a logistics standpoint, you know, that, that truck, you know, the two trucks have made it to their destination from Phoenix to Albuquerque or Albuquerque to Phoenix. And the drivers are home at night. You know, they're all day cabs, so they're always home at night. And uh, that's, that's their example. That's, that's one way that they found uh, so that their drivers can just return home at the end of an eight or 10 hour day. Um, so that, that to me, I think is a, an interesting example of how the trucking industry can find ways to change the, change the business model, change the logistics model a bit uh, to, to make the jobs more uh, appealing to that next generation of drivers that increasingly is looking for more home time. Uh, but Mike, I, I know you spent a lot of time uh, over the past couple of years uh looking into driver recruiting and retention strategies. You've spoken to a lot of industry experts about this. Uh, any other thoughts on, you know, how carriers have been able to hire more drivers and, and, and keep their turnover rates uh, under control? Well, in reference to, you know, the list that we're talking about, you know, I guess we can call this episode the the, the food service hour <laughs> because uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, dot transportation, you know, dot foods, food service. I mean, we have it right there. Um, you know, I, I you know, make, in making a bold prediction, you know, if, uh, you know, online, if, uh, online delivery is still enjoying its success and, and you know, um, you know, doubling and, and tripling its revenue year, year over year. I mean, not doubling, but I mean, but over the course of time, it probably will. Um, and, you know, I think we'll continue to see, uh, you know, food service entities on our list. Yeah, you know, and and you know the reason being is that that online demand is still going to grow. So you're going to have the the, the dot foods, you know, dot transportation, the, the Krogers and the and the the H-E-B, uh, HEBs uh, still thriving in that in that particular space. Thus, if they're thriving in that particular space, they're going to have more tractors. They have more tractors. They're going to have more drivers, and then that's going to allow them to to, to hire more. And 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 hopefully, you know, that particular trend will. Uh, um, will encourage other uh, people who particularly might not have to be in that space. You know, the, the younger, the younger generation. You know, half of our half of our country is under the age of forty five years old. So, I mean, there's going to be a new generation of people that are going to be introduced to the the, the transportation, the, the logistics uh, transport industry, where it's not going to be. Uh, what it was when we were growing up, where you know it's that you know smoking the bandit type of <laughs> type type of life or whatever you know just or just traveling in that sense. I don't mean to be I don't, I don't mean to have that cruel example or anything like that, but but I, I love smoking the bandit. You know when I saw that I wanted to be a truck driver, quite frankly. So um, it was um, but but yeah, you, you have that dynamic. I think that's going to be helpful for drivers in the long term if that trend particularly continues. As for Carvana, that's I think that's sort of like a, a double edged sword. You know, um, again, you know, they have cornered the market where they, they have a business model, which is very unique for people who are trying to buy cars. And, and as I had mentioned before, the, you know, the traditional, uh, um, you know, dealers out there are, you know, sort of catching on to that now. And what's uh, what's stopping them from 
a person who is on, I mean, in a situation where a person is online looking for a car and, you know, maybe it's not the car that they, I mean, maybe the car they want is not offered, you know, through Carvana, you know, but it's offered through, you know, John Elway, you know, Chevy and, you know, in Denver. And um, maybe you live in to, uh, Topeka, Kansas, you know, and, and, um, you know, what's the, what's stopping them to, you know, to, to hire a, a for hire fleet or, or, you know, owner operator to, you know, to transport these vehicles or these sets of vehicles to these particular destinations where the, 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 um, the, um, the consumer wants to buy that car. I mean, they, they can, I mean, they can go online to, you know, John, John Elway Chevy <laughs> to buy, to get them a, you know, a nice, uh, get, get them a, get them a car to, you know, to take to, you know, their residents themselves. So, I mean, that, I, I think what, what Kavarna has presented is maybe that, that, proverbial can of worms um, where, uh, you know, where the dealers are looking at that, you know, and, and instead of, you know, uh, soaking in their, their their tears that they're getting their market share taken away, and, and then, then instead, you know, going into that particular business model and doing that themselves. I mean, but doing it in, in a particular di- different way, you know, it might be bad for Carvana, but it, it is going to be beneficial for the, the drivers or the new drivers that were getting that particular business and, and getting into a segment that, that wasn't there before. And then that's the, I mean, and that's the kind of the, the, the whole um, situations you have when it, when it comes to, when you say driver shortage, you know, I mean, are, are we talking about, um, you know, companies not, uh, companies having trouble, you know, hiring new drivers or, or, or hiring uh, experienced drivers, because there are two different things. I mean, when, when you are trying to recruit, you know, uh, experienced drivers, there's a certain set and a certain appeal that they will have versus the, the, the new person who, who, you know, who's hungry to get into the industry, you know, hungry to, to make an impact. And, and then of course, like, as I mentioned before, you have that, the owner operator that can still be in that space and, and um, you know, have that entrepreneurial spirit and, and that, and that edge and, and, and trying to, you know, um, have a business through, through transport. So, I mean, there's many ways to do it, you know, last mile or long haul, and especially with, you know, um, with a, a new generation of drivers coming, you know, they're going to demand the the um the qualities and amenities that that you know these companies want to offer and and if these companies aren't offering what these people who want to get into the trucking business um uh, if they're not offering those you know particular amenities you know they're you know they can be encu- they can be encouraged to to go into business themselves so that would help businesses you know already who you know may not have uh you know a fleet of their own or or maybe have a few trucks and just um, you know subsidize that that particular um e- expense. But you know there is that space. So um, I, I think the the way that we you know we frame the the driver shortage and in in that problem, I, I think the solution is going to be much different than uh, what we what we uh, think it will be in, in the future. Yeah, well, I know that uh, so many companies are uh, thinking about this. You know, how can we uh, you know make these jobs more appealing? How can we uh, make more people aware of these jobs? And, uh, you know, certainly I, I think a, a rising tide does lift all boats. If more, uh, if the industry as a whole is able to, uh, present itself to a larger number of people and, and maybe, uh, open some eyes to the opportunities that exist, uh, it, it can help the whole industry. Uh, though, um, you know, the ones that stand to, to benefit the most will be those that, you know, offer the jobs that really, you know, suit the, the needs and, and preferences of drivers and, 
uh, can offer the pay they want, can offer the lifestyle they want. That's, uh, you know, they'll be the winners among, you know, even if the whole industry benefits from more people getting into, um, you know, the profession. Uh, that being said, it's uh, still a, a, a tight market out there. Uh, we've just, you know, anecdotally, I'm hearing that, uh, you know, the, you know, that pressure and that, that challenge to, to hire and, and, and keep drivers is not quite as bad as it was uh, a year ago at this time. So, and I think that's in part due to, you know, some of the steps we've seen companies make, you know, whether it's pay raises or, uh, you know, benefits and other lifestyle improvements to, to try to make the job more appealing. Uh, I, I think that's starting to pay some dividends uh, for the companies that are taking those steps. Uh, that being said, I'm looking at the clock and we've, uh, you know, had a nice, um, we, we, we might be approaching the record length of a road signs here. Um, so I'm going to kind of, I think we've hit the stopping point here, but, uh, you know, Mike, I do want to thank you for, uh, your help with the project this year and also, you know, your help taking our listeners through the, the making of this year's top 100 list. So, you know, it always feels great to, to see it all come together. So, you know, thank you for, uh, your part in making it happen. No problem. This is one of the few times that, uh, you know, in, in this business of logistics that we cover, you know, this is kind of the closest thing to a sports event that we have, you know, because we, we, we can definitely talk numbers and winners <laughs> and losers. So there you go. <laughs> Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics. Well, uh, we, we hope you've enjoyed this in-depth look at Transport Topics 2022 Top 100 Private Carriers list. You know, as a final reminder, you can view the Top 100 and sector lists online at ttnews.com. And of course, if you are a TT subscriber, you already have a hard copy packaged with the August 29th issue of TT uh, with exclusive content that you can only get as a TT subscriber. Later this year, we'll present the final episode of our Inside the List series after we produce our Top 50 Global Carriers list in November. If you've enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with me and the Road Signs team. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a fresh episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.